Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week on the podcast. Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, guys. Robbie Croyle. Wayne221. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. That that ooh, that derailed me. All right, anyway, and Logan, I'm I'm here. Kind of well, I used to be here and then I got derailed and, and maybe I'm back. Well, and you just started out of nowhere. I was I, like, we are boom, we're, we're, we're doing this thing. We are doing this thing. We are footnoting. On the move. On the move. It's going to be hard to write things on our feet. Uh, like notes on the foot while moving is going to be difficult to do. Think about it. Think about it. Yep, funny, funny image. All right, moving on. Nevertheless, wait for Jen to buffer, and we're back. <laughs> oh, let's talk shortcomings. Uh, let's do that. I dropped uh, that story that I totally didn't intend to. That was not in the practices. That was a that was a fresh idea this morning. Holy Spirit was moving. And I was like, you know what? Oh, that's a perfect example of this for first service. I won't use it second service because it'll be on the internet, and I don't mm-hmm. need that on the internet. And then somebody had to goad me from the back of the room. Oh, oh that was a moment. I, It was a great story. You needed to tell it, it, that story. It's okay. It, it's a story. You needed to tell the story. It's, and we talked about Roughly Right. We we do talk about roughly right. We talk about it's roughly right, and Logan's and I, favorite. And I think you know, for people to know that pastors come from, we're cut from the same cloth. Devious, <laughs> sneaky jerk you, holes. You are of my bone and of my flesh. <laughs> of my bone and of my flesh. There you go. <laughs> All right, look. You know, you're a devious miscreant. One day too, God can use you. You could be a pastor as well. Hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I loved, Yikes. I loved uh, Scott. <laughs> Scott. And then Emery. Emery's like, put down the tool. I, it took me a second because he night. said it's soft. Like, what? I said, what tools do I need to put down? He says, probably the pocket knife. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> I didn't hear that. No, I barely heard it. I was like, wait. And, it, it, and, then, I, and then it processed. And then I'm like, oh, zing. It's almost, it's, I got zinged by Cindy in first service. I got zinged by Emery in second service. It's just zings all around. So the shortcoming was not the story. No. What's the shortcoming? The shortcoming is the fact that my parents are going to see this, and I'm going to have to be, I, like, it reminded them of this, and I'm probably going to catch flack for it again. <laughs> That's the shortcoming. <clears throat> Please update us throughout the week. Well, I, I mean... It'll be tonight, or may, or or uh, well, whenever they, or I'll get a text message. But I, I think they normally watch the service in the afternoon on Sundays, unless they're too busy. Maybe they're too busy. Maybe they'll miss this one. Yeah, oh. probably they, they not. Won't. They won't. Do they watch every week, like, or just the I think, weeks you're I think, preaching? No, I think most of the weeks they they watch, and a lot of times I th- I think they get my grandpa and they sit down and like, and he you know, for like worship and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway. All right. So yeah, that's the shortcoming. That was the sound. (laughs) 
you fed me Taco Bell right before we recorded. I'm going to have to edit out so many of these. <laughs> but now you've commented on that one, so I'm going to have to leave that one in. Mm. You're welcome, everyone. <coughs> anyway. Uh, commentary. <laughs> Let's... We should record footnotes on Sunday afternoon more often. This is great. Definitely oh, better than Monday yeah. afternoon. Mondays were like zombies. Yeah, we we are zombies. I don't know. All right. Uh let us dive into other than that, I I, I don't think we have really any shortcomings. No. Uh not for the most part. So Jen doesn't know how to use the camera. Jen doesn't around. know how to use the camera. Stick around for the Easter egg for that, probably. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about some footnotey goodness. I'm excited. There is so much fun shenanigans that we can talk about uh, with this story. I got. You might hear me tapping on it. I got a book, the Genesis: A Parsha Companion, by Rabbi David Foreman. Um. Oh, we got the. Was that after service? Before service? Before that was in the stream. <laughs> There's a shortcoming right oh, there. Oh, there's a shortcoming. We had the stream up, and Scott was making faces on the camera. Dope. That is... Oh, because, again, I didn't have it Jen on... Jen Bartlett, what are you doing over there? Like It's the first time I've run this... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, you need to go check out our stream. Go check out the video if you haven't seen this I from think... the beginning. Oh my god. We gosh. were checking the GoPro angle. Yeah, we were. That's exactly what we were doing. I thought we did that before I went live. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> oh my. All right. Cool, That's cool. perfect. <laughs> There's Fun. some classic Mission Ridge right there. All right. So, back to back to the footnotes at hand. I got this a Parsha companion, which is the dopest. Oh, super dope. This is such that it's got like 50, 60 pages on uh, Jacob and Esau oh, wow. or Jacob, the, the story of Jacob, the stuff that we're going over in mm -hmm. this series. Um, no, I had heard some of this because Marty uses this in his podcast uh, and it, that's actually where I heard about it. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this. And we'd use Rabbi Foreman's videos, which is also great. Like a lot of it's kind of overlap. There's some mm -hmm. overlap here, but there is some new nuggets. Lay them on us. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, so for the first first thing, just a fun little thing to think about. Uh, Rebecca, Jacob's mother, mm -hmm. sends him away. She says, go away and run off to your Uncle Laban's and find a wife, and I'll send for you when your brother Esau's anger subsides. That's how she sends him away. But then never calls him back. 20 years later, Jacob just leaves. It's the ultimate ghosting. Yeah, like <laughs> she left him on red. Like, or it's not even red. It's the dot, dot, dot. Like, uh -huh. all right, I'm waiting for the message. Any day now. Mm -hmm. Mom. His mom ghosted mom? him. Oh, hey, 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 mom. Hey, hey, mom, can I, can I come home now? Now, granted, he's a little busy because he has to work for seven years for the first wife and then gets the second one and, and then another seven. Now he's in debt. Oh, never get in debt. Couldn't, he couldn't have left if he wanted to. So, uh, so Jacob says, though, 
it felt like a few days. He does, yes. It was because of his love. And so, but his mom said, I will send for you in a few days, after a few days. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so he at least doesn't go back. See, he tries to go back after the 14 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The few days. That's very... Now, here's a question. Does the second seven years feel like a few days? Well, it's hard to... When you're reading that this morning, like, figuring out the timeline based off of that, because he's told to finish this seven days. So Mm -hmm. it's the... uh, So he works seven years, and we're told that that feels like a few days because of his love for her, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I... And then he gets hoodwinked, and then Laban says, finish out the wedding week with with Leah. Yeah. Then he has another wedding directly after that. Okay, what did right? you just say? You said he worked seven days, but then it said, finish the wedding week. Work seven years. It's a, he works seven years, and it says, but it, the years felt like but a few days because of his love for her. Then he gets hoodwinked. You've got this wedding to Leah, and they're supposed to spend their their wedding week, apparently. This is some sort of tradition. And then he gives him Rachel, and they assumably they would have the wedding week there, and then seven years for Rachel. Mm -hmm. So it's like a work sandwich. Yeah, yes, it is a work sandwich. Extra bread. That is some thick ciabatta. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That is a thick ciabatta sandwich right there. Yeah. So that's that's what it seems like Mm -hmm. is the is the timeline. Um, and I I wonder if the seven years after felt as as quick. I'm gonna guess not, because think about when you're anticipating something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It goes like you're so excited. And then once it happens, you're like, eh. all right. A- and during that next seven years, he's got all this drama with the kids and the, or the lack of kids and baby mama drama. Uh huh. Well, and, and these kids are probably not born all within seven years. Right. Yeah. No, that's, I, I think that that's probably carrying on mm-hmm. into the, uh, well, I mean, shoot, Leah has six unto herself <clears throat> with two pregnancies in between those. So you've got nine pregnancies. Mm-hmm. At minimum, nine pregnancies in succession with no overlap. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know ladies who have six kids under the age of seven or something like that. and <sighs> I you, you it, 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 it could be done but it's that's you know it's a whole lot of work it's a whole thing there you go so rebecca does not call leaves him unread and then 14 years of work and then we see another 6 years next week we'll cover or the tail end of it the end of that yeah, so either Esau is still fuming, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. something's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really resolve it. It's just a it's just a fun little like, oh, I'd never thought of that. Mm-hmm. So that's the first that's the first thing. <clears throat> All right. The next one comes from some midrash on Jacob's weeping. I said we talk about this in footnotes because there's all sorts of fun stuff here. Uh, but the this this he cried aloud to God. He lifted up his voice and cried, right? That connects the story of the blessing with the story of of Jacob here. Um, there is you're like that. Why would you you meet Rachel and then you weep? Why? That's an odd. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would you react that way? Mm. <clears throat> so there is a. Uh, Midrash, um, and this comes from Rashi, or Rashi, um, who is a sage, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Uh, he says Jacob cried because he has a he had a prophetic premonition that Rachel would not be buried with him. Which, if we look forward in the story, we know that Rachel will die after giving birth to Benjamin along the side of the road and not be buried with Jacob. It makes a very specific point of saying that apparently. Uh, so that's option A. That's Midrash A. Option B, Midrash 2.0, another interpretation as to why Jacob cried, because he came to meet Rachel with empty hands. Mm. Which I pointed out in the sermon, it's weird that he shows up with nothing to get a wife. Yeah. Why did he do it that... Like, what happened... Why is he, is he in that big of a rush? It doesn't seem like he's in that big of a rush to leave. His dad sends him a blessing. It seems like there's at least a little bit of time. Like, they, they're sending him off. Why are they not sending him off with whatever he needs? So from that question stems the rest of this Midrash, which says, uh, when Eliezer, uh, my grandfather's servant, came, he came with all sorts of bracelets and, and jewels, and, and me, I have nothing. And so the explanation is that why he has nothing after Jacob deceived Esau, Eliphaz, the son of Esau, pursued Jacob at the behest of his father. Now keep in mind, Midrash is this extra, like So thick, it, it's Yeah, it's it's made up stories surrounding the text to explain what might have happened to mm-hmm. help point us towards uh, a deeper truth that's buried in the text. Right. So it, it's commentary, it, and they will use the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, they'll use things found in, in the Psalms and, and, and other writings. To point towards and to, to weave in. and then, But they'll tell a story to weave in this thought that they, that they believe that the scriptures, the larger scriptures, communicates about why this event took place. Exactly. So, Eliphaz, son of Esau, pursued Jacob at the behest of his father, seeking to kill him in revenge. Eliphaz, I don't know if I'm saying that right, it's E-L-I-P-H-A-Z, so we're going to go with that, Uh, caught up with Jacob, but because Eliphaz had been brought up on Isaac's lap, he pulled back his hand at the last moment, because... He, he'd been bu- brought up on Isaac's lap. He knew that the sacrifice of Isaac somehow plays into this, right? Uh, and because of this, like, it's his uncle. Mm-hmm. He pulls back his hand. He can't go through with killing him. Mm. So Eliphaz spares Jacob, 
but it leaves him with a, qu- a quandary. Like, what do you what do you do now? Like, I, I, I can't. I told my dad I would do this. What do what do we do? Uh, so what shall I do with my father's command to kill you? Jacob answered, which is total Jacob fashion here. Like this works. Take the money and jewels in my hands and I will be a poor man. A poor person is as good as dead. So you can justifiably tell your dad that uh, you've done away with me. Mm-hmm. I'm still alive. You can tell your like what a Jacob maneuver. Yeah. Mm. If that's like just just in this in this midrash story like that totally like use your words, you manipulate the situation like use a half truth. Uh-huh. O M G. So good. Right? So that's why Jacob doesn't have anything. This oldest son Eliphaz does this. Which <clears throat> stick around in 2 weeks we'll talk about this a little bit more cuz it's going to come back with the final with the final sermon and somehow Esther gets worked into your minds are all going to be blown this is so cool cuz there's another prayer cuz there's another prayer yeah yeah and talks about how he crossed the river yeah mhm yeah hang on tight kids but for this week like that's why he shows up poor so he shows up poor and he knows that when he sees Rachel, he's like, hot damn. There she is. That's the one. That's the woman. Pats his pocket. Oh, I ain't got the dough. I'm broke. I'm broke. Uh, Let me move this really heavy rock. The most romantic spot. By the well. In the Ooh scriptures. la la. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that? <laughs> Because they all met at Wells. Everybody meets at Wells. Everybody everybody meets their wife at a well. Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well, mm-hmm. which then, and then they have this whole marriage conversation, which the disciples then walk up on it, and they're like, what the heck is going on? Huh. Why is our rabbi talking to a mm-hmm. Samaritan at a well? Mm-hmm. The audacity. So the mm-hmm. well was the... Ancient day Tinder. (laughs) Yeah. Or the, I would say that it's, you know, what's the modern day, like, well, it's the bar where you go to meet, you know, know, or the coffee shop or whatever. That's my, yeah. Whatever watering hole you. Yeah. It's the watering hole. It's the, the, it's the communal, it's the water cooler, Mm -hmm. which you go, you go find the, the, the hottie with a body. There you go. There you go. But not Leah. Not Leah. Cause she was. Poor Leah. She had with sad eyes or yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weak eyes. Weak eyes. Oh my goodness! Like so, there's a you. You are a uh, sight for sore eyes, right? Yeah. And then you turn that. You are a sore sight for eyes. Okay. <laughs> oh. 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 That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <coughs> All right, so so that's that's the uh, there's there's a little midrash here, and actually the two are kind of connected because he he sees, so he sees her and it, it's this he he doesn't know like he's she's going to slip away he doesn't have this she's the looker this is not going to stay on the market forever, mm. and he can't do anything, and on top of that he also hypothetically there's this other midrash where he sees the the vision of not being buried with her, having her slip away. Mm-hmm. 
and thus he weeps. And they tie these of the the tears of him losing uh, Rachel are tit for tat for and his brother steals from him. Uh huh. Yep. 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 So super dope. I thought that that midrash was so cool. Like the the idea that Jacob would talk his way out and he would use that that he'd just taken to save his skin. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Um. <clears throat> Well, and I mean, think about it. Rachel eludes him because Laban does the switch, the flip flop. Like this is a reoccurring. She eludes, she eludes, kind of. Yeah, I wonder how long Laban thought about that. Was that day one, or was that? Yeah. You know, oh, I. I mean, I, about twenty one hundred days into this prospect, yeah. You know, right. Or, but that that phrase that he uses is so. Like, well, it would be better for her to marry you than any other man. Mm-hmm. That's not saying yes. And Jacob is, I don't know if he's Twitter pated or what's going on, but that's not saying yes. And that is sidestepping. Like coming from a manipulator, that is a baller move, Laban. <laughs> well done. Like, oh, oof. And then the, oh, we don't do that that way here. Oh, so good. So good. Well, and like to Rob's question, like how long did he plan that? Like maybe he planned it right away, but like he had seven years to get Leah married sure. off. Like, Yeah. I mean, he could have married her off to somebody else or, or what, you know, but I think he also saw, oh, I could get 14 years of work out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Dope. Like this works great for me, and and compare that because this is the same guy. For like he didn't pull this with uh, excuse me, he didn't pull this with Eliezer mm-hmm. when Eliezer comes to get Rebecca. Eliezer shows up. He's got cash on hand. He's like, hey, I want that one. Let's go. Let's do this thing. My master needs a wife. Let's do this. She's yeah. the best. And he doesn't bar like he just he's bedazzled by the 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 so if Jacob had shown up with the with the moolah with the dowry mm-hmm. with the bride price then he could have might it might have just avoided the whole thing right oh man so good so good all righty oh which kind of brings us to this mother's brother thing. I pointed that out. It, it's it's mentioning this over and over and over. My mother's brother, my mother's brother, my mother's brother. And there might be more than this, but uh, I think it's, it's making this connection of... Because um, the next thing that Jacob says that uh, it's a kinsman in the ESV. That's not actually the best. It, it's He calls him his brother. He he calls his uncle his brother, which we'd be like, oh yeah, it's like the you know, hey brother, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's a but it's kind of the they they would the the midrash commentary would say that this is like Rachel knows she's the second, and she's like he'll never agree to this with Leah not married, and Jacob is saying like and and my dad's a really shrewd like he'll he's going to trick you he's going to deceive you and mm-hmm. Jacob with his pride says oh we're cut from the same cloth 
he is my brother. We're, we're, we're the same. I'll be able to pull the full, I'll be able to pull the wool over his eyes. Yeah. We'll be all right, Rachel. We'll figure this out. We got seven years. This will be fine. That's the, that they, they'd go back and they would say that that's what's going on in that little bit of conversation there. Mm. I was like, Oh, that's so, that's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, like, and so it's this, yeah, he's my brother. He's my kinsman. Mm-hmm. And then Laban says, you know, you are of my bone. You are of my flat, you know, like you, we are after, after Jacob tells him all these things. So I imagine Jacob tells him the story of why he's there. So Laban hears the story of Jacob stealing the blessing. Mm-hmm. And he has a little, little belly laugh. And he says, ah, oh, Jacob, you and me. We're two peas in a pod. Yeah. It reminds me of like, this is a weird turn, but like Oceans 11, 12, 13, where there's like a con inside of a con inside of a con. And like, absolutely. These guys think that they're conning this guy, but really he's like, oh, a hundred percent. Like I, I think, and we see this in this, between this, this escapade and the next one, like Jacob and Laban going back and forth here. Uh, uh, it's, this is, classic this is this is good fun Mm -hmm. uh comedy of errors kind of so there you go there's some midrash fun on jacob weeping like it and mother's brothers and all that all that jazz so let's uh let's talk about the big the big what the heck in the story um and this isn't this is more fun like ridiculousness is how on earth did jacob not know that it was leah right Mm. (laughs) So I'm trying to think of what I always have been taught. I think I think I'd always been taught that it was just the drunk, like he was. Mm-hmm. It was you know it was dark or he was drunk or, and he didn't know. Right. Yes, Jen. I was just thinking that doesn't age well. You know the, he was so drunk he didn't know who he was sleeping with. Like, it's never a good thing. No, no, it is not. So. Uh, and I'll I'll throw the link to this. I found a a write up on this very question mm. uh, on thetorah.com. Super super great. Uh, <laughs> and there's some there's some shenanigans in here that I feel like we can all have a giggle over. Um. So the text tell the text tells us that it was dark, and thus we can assume Jacob couldn't see her properly. Uh, this comes from Shadal Samuel David Luazzo. Uh, from 1800 to 1865, for instance, writes, and there is no doubt that they had sex in the dark, and thus he did not recognize her until the morning. Um, uh, Genesis Rabbah makes a special point. In the evening, they came to bring her into the tent. They, Jacob, or Laban and Leah, put out the candles in Jacob's tent. This is more Midrash. It says they put out the candles and Jacob says, why are you doing that? And Laban responded, do you think we are crass like you by having sex by candlelight? Hmm. <laughs> uh, and in fact, uh, they, apparently there's a rabbinic axiom to not have relations in the light that is learned from that story. Interesting. They, they come up with some, you know, uh, the story teaches us that it is not fit for a person to have sex by candlelight. And all the more so during the light of day. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I had no 
idea that was a thing. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> so obviously, I, I think the point of the story is to draw the comparisons. Like the reason why this works is because the stories are supposed to be connected. Mm-hmm. And so really, uh, that's the that's the cool, that, that that's the gist of it. But the, the fun stuff here is this speculating on how it might have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, let's hear extreme modesty is a possibility. No talking at all. Uh, this guy Radic suggests that Jacob was extremely modest, so much so that he did not speak with his new bride during sex or at any other time that night. Hmm. Just super modest, and that's how he didn't know until the morning. Because you'd be like, how do, how would you not recognize? Like you've been here for seven years. How would you not recognize? Right. Um, classic. Jacob was drunk. That that one is another viable option. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which. If that's the if that's the connection you go with, then there might be some connection to Noah, because mm. Noah gets drunk and bad things happen in a tent. Right, and he gets hoodwinked and finds out in the morning. Right, doesn't find out until morning. Well, and there's a there's a problem there. Oh, which is kind of that's a fun little connection. When you think of Jesus' first miracle, it was turning water into wine at a wedding. So obviously, it's not like a, a dry party. Like no, and, and in fact, with the, with that, we we learn a little bit about the Jewish weddings because at, at least in Jesus's time, because they said you you brought out the good wine at last, mm-hmm. when normally you'd bring out the crappy wine because everybody's already intoxicated and they don't know the difference. Right. right? Yeah. <clears throat> so their so their weddings are kind of like ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is like I've been to plenty of weddings that look a lot like that. Yeah. Plenty. <laughs> All right. So viable option there. Uh, let's see. What was the... Oh, that also... You could make a connection to Lot's daughters. They get mm-hmm. him drunk. And he doesn't know what's going on. There's some There's some throwback there. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, I'm, if I'm the uncle, I'm getting Jacob drunk. I'm, and that's just... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I would give I would give Jacob Harry drinks. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this will put some hair on your arms. Make Drink it, this. I'm gonna make an Esau out of you. <laughs> you won't need the goat skins after these drinks. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's um, okay. But wh- okay, so then the question: Why is Rachel going along with this? Or right. why is why is Leah going along with this? Right. Well, and obviously, it, you know, they're they're in on this to a degree. Yeah. You know, did he not know it was Rachel at the wedding? It fun. It doesn't. It, he said it, he Laban gathers everyone, but it doesn't mention the bride. Oh, it, it, he grabs. He gathers the men for a feast. Yeah, he gathers the men for a feast. It's not even a full like. It's not even a wedding ceremony. They're having a feast. This is almost more of a business transaction, mm-hmm. which is uh, when we go back to the the wife vending machine analogy that I unfortunately have come up with. Well, like you said, Not you know, g- give me my time for my time is completed. That that I may go into her. Like it's this is all like there's no vows being exchanged here. I yeah. want to go into her. You know, it's, it's all that, transaction. Yeah, that is yeah. 
that is that's exactly what's going on here. Like this is there, there's there's a couple of places where Jacob probably could have avoided this mm-hmm. by not being what seems to be a bit of a jerk. Maybe the speculation yeah. on my part. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, well, and like later in the sermon, you talked about how he hated <clears throat> Leah. I mean, she had she had to be aware of this. Like sure. So there's an understanding of like. Yeah, you you probably have the right to be frustrated with her. Like, uh huh. Um, let's see here. Yeah, there's a couple other fun ones in here, but uh, the other one was that love at first sight, but not much conversation. That for whatever reason, during the seven years that he's working, Laban kept him separated from from Rachel. So they didn't really know each other's voices or, you know, hadn't really built up and that maybe that ties into the uh the embar- the modesty or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't know. So, uh, just fun shenanigans. I'll throw the link to that article cuz it was I had a couple of real good laughs going through all the all the all the stuff in there, but yeah. It's definitely like this this is an odd it shouldn't have worked. This is a real tough con to pull. Mhm. Uh I think that getting him drunk is the only viable way, really. Yeah. Uh, to make that work. Maybe Isaac was drunk when he gave the blessing. <laughs> Maybe that's how he prepared the food. <laughs> Just thought of that. There you go. Mm. All right, all right, all right. Um, Jennifer Bartlett. Yeah, hi. Talk to me about Judah. Um. Yeah, so as I have read uh, Genesis, I've noticed that like Judah is like the fourthborn, which seems weird when like we realize that Jesus came from the line of Judah. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't make sense that he would come from all the way down. Like, sure, you would think the firstborn, King Reuben. Ru- yeah, should be the line of Reuben. Yeah, it should be. There should the head be head honcho. Like, yeah, talk about Shabbata. Firstborn. Cheese and sauerkraut and Reuben. (laughs) I laughed at your fruit of a fruit of a womb. That one's that one's not getting one. (laughs) Shortcoming. (laughs) I love stealing your joke, by the way. That (laughs) That hurt so badly. It was I was I was so ready to open up with that. I, that was going to be my opener. I was going to be like, all right, guys. It's going to be a long sermon. That's why we decided to put it in these seats. <laughs> I was so ready for it. I was debating whether I was going to steal that uh, just second service or both services. <laughs> you were in the power position, though. Like You're you're doing announcements. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> Next <laughs> Just Next run up and bear hug him or something. Next time he's just going to tackle him and be like, it's my joke! <laughs> <laughs> how did how did Mission Ridge go vi- viral? <laughs> Assistant pastor tackled senior pastor on live stream. <laughs> I want to see this. Uh, anyway. Pastor's throwdown over joke delivery. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The you... fight was great. The joke wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the joke needed to die. Oh. Uh, All right, tell me about Judah. Uh, so 
also like you mentioned this in your sermon about the ways the different names are yeah called out um and like Leah's very self-focused and very much about like what I don't have mm-hmm. and tell Judah and then it's like oh the Lord blessed me with a child like now so, I will praise the Lord now I will praise the Lord and like the heart change that she has in him, which I wonder, like we talked about how um, Judah is the one who stands up to Joseph when they're in Egypt. And I wonder if mm. it's all has to do with his name. Like very well could. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we've learned names are important and people, what you call people matters Yeah, with this. Yeah. Jacob, you heel grabber. Well, imagine being a son that you know that your name is based upon strife, is is one of upmanship. Sure. And if Jacob doesn't value your mother, then you're not living up to your name. Right. Because she she says that with her with the names of them, right? It's the it's right. this you know, now the Lord will love me because, or now my husband will value value me because I've given him a son, mm-hmm. right? Now because of Levi, was right. Levi, yeah, or uh, Reuben. Now because of Reuben, my husband will value me. And Reuben grows up and he sees that. No, I have to go pick mandrakes mm-hmm. and give them to Rachel, Aunt Rachel, in order for Mom to get time with Dad. What? Right. Like, that's weird. Yeah, and I I think of the times I've seen, you know, either a young mom or a young dad, uh, probably more often times with with young dads, but where the world revolves around them as a parent, not... Oh, sure. The fact that they are a parent is, is, you know, just... You know, more hindrances for more hindrance and help. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Good old Judah. Makes me think of the the people who have surprise babies and like, or mistakes. Mm -hmm. And then, like, that kid kind of lives with that feeling their whole, like, ah, I was a mistake or all my siblings are 10 years older than me and I was the accident. Like, um, I wasn't intended. Yeah. And so for the first three, like I, they probably walk around with that. Like, Mm. like you said, that weight of my mom isn't getting loved by my dad. And like, so it shifts with Judah and I think, sure. It shifts, but then it goes back. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like it, it seems like it seems like Leah has this positive upswing, and if you stop the story right there, you should like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. redemptive arc for Leah. Sure, right. my value is not like inherently tied to what I can produce. Mm-hmm. Great, except for then she gets goaded back into things by her sister, which I totally blame Rachel on this one with the whole naming. Right things like you turned up that like i have struggled hard against my sister mm-hmm. and i'm winning what right. <laughs> you've got to be kidding me yeah <laughs> what? Like, 
which just points back like Jacob, where what are you doing during all of this? Mm-hmm. Do, bro, get control of your household. Yeah. Like patriarch. Show some chutzpah. <laughs> you moved a stone, but you're unwilling to get off the couch and stop Rachel from starting another go round with Leah here. Right. What the heck, dude? He's too busy playing Call of Duty. I, like. I guess, or whatever, you know, moving things in the field. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know. Also, side note: Does anyone know what a mandrake is? Mm. Is that some sort of like tuber? I imagine it's like a potato. See, I was thinking it was some sort of fruit. Uh, but am I, I? I don't know. The only mandrakes I can think of were Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. That's, to uh, like scream at people. I'm like, wait, that's a real thing? <laughs> I mean, that's what comes up when you search. Right? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I thought of that. Things. Uh, I just didn't look it up. So I should have. I should have. Pass or fail. It's a <clears throat> root for treating stomach ulcers, constipation, asthma, hay fever, uh, arthritis, arthritic-like pain, huh. and whooping cough. All right. Also used to trigger vomiting, so <laughs> take it as you will. <laughs> so it's going to fix constipation and possibly trigger vomiting. That sounds like a bad time, personally. <laughs> Not how I want to spend any of my time. Why on earth does Rachel want these mandrake roots? We don't understand. I don't want to know. We'll just leave it at that. I'm going to claim ignorance. I'm going to pull a Jacob on this. Uh, Can you imagine being, you know, (laughs) traded for some (laughs) Pepto-Bismol? Right? That's that's, that's exactly what it is. Like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, he is getting used. (laughs) So I gave Rachel some Tums earlier, so I get you tonight. You and I are on. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah. And he looks at... like, and, And if he really doesn't like Leah and he really likes Rachel, you know, it's like... You traded me for Tums? Yeah. We're going to have words later. Aren't I better than 10 sons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yes. Mm. Oh, things not to say to your wife. Um, yes. All right. Uh, one thing that I didn't talk about, it got left on the cutting room floor of the the massive sermon practice, I guess. Uh didn't talk about quite as much as maybe it could have or whatever, but that's what we got footnotes for. We'll talk about it real quick here is uh, letting go of family, mm. like past trauma there. I uh, talked about le- like letting go of the things that we carry with us, leaving behind. That was one of the next steps, leaving things behind. But uh, Rob brought up the great point of the, this is this is more than just personal baggage. Uh, and what we see in the story is there's this family legacy that gets brought along with him too, of letting go of some of this family legacy, um, of of the need, but the need that we need to uh, be able to put put to bed, put to rest some of the uh, baggage that are a family of origin, to mm-hmm. use some little sociology terminology there, uh, that our family of origin gives to us or brings to us, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Yeah, those, and, and we see 
we see Jacob do that with uh, his his grandfather, mm-hmm. and some of the actions. We'll, we'll see that again um, in the next story. Yep, we'll see it a couple more times. Um, mm-hmm. And there's you know, I mean, we talk about our you know if we're Irish or Irish, you know, anger. Or, sure, you know those kinds of things. Um, we talk about those heretical pieces of us that um, we're kind of, we kind of blame those things. Like, uh, it's like, oh, it's not my fault. I'm Irish, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a convenient scapegoat a lot of times. Yeah. Well, and and I think when it's when it's that far removed, like, oh, don't believe me, I'm Irish, right? Uh, when it's that removed, I think it's more of a convenient scapegoat. Right. But I, I think when it's, when it's your grandfather, Mm-hmm. There's some real tangible impact that their life and their experiences get passed down, and you experience the you experience and you pick up things from your parents, from your grandparents, and it gets passed down the line. And so I think as you get you know just closer, not not just culturally, but you know, uh, I think of three out of the four. Um, of my three out of four of my grandparents were all at least workaholics, but and very perfectionistic. Uh, if not four out of four, and then you look at my parents, both of them are perfectionistic in many ways, right? And a little bit of a workaholic in many ways, and then you look at me. You say, "Huh? Well, that makes sense." And pretty soon, that's all you know. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, like that's just the norm. So, yeah, perfection, absolutely. What it roughly writes terrible. Get that out of here, right? Yeah, in my, in my family, uh, we kind of reveled in the, in the fact that we were a black sheep of the family. Um, you know, we'll nod to next week's bah! next week's story, but um, you know, we've. We thought we were the normal ones, mm. and um, you know, it wasn't until years later we look back and going, "Man, there was so much dysfunction mm. in our household that we had to address and overcome." And and how did 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 Jacob even did he even get a second thought? When his wife says, "Hey, here's my maid," you know, he's like, "This sounds like a great." You know, did he did he think twice about it? Sure, or, was, the, or was it yeah. automatic response of like, "Oh yeah, no, this is just the norm." Okay, yeah, surrogate, surrogate wife, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did it ping any red flags of saying, "Hey, you remember your your grandma and and Hagar?" <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. You remember your step uncle, Ishmael? You remember that? Or I guess it'd just be uncle. I don't know. That gets really weird. <clears throat> what you label things there? Mm. But yeah, so working through that sort of stuff is important mm-hmm. in this as we are wrestling with those next steps of not letting not letting our past define us. Uh, so that was it's good stuff there. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. I'm gonna wrap up with a uh, a bit about discipleship. 
Yeah. A brief word. Yeah. So you you talked about um, pursuing, actively pursuing our own spiritual growth, and yeah, you know, I, I think we have this assumption that uh, w- once we've been discipled. Uh, once, you know, someone, you know, like I go to Bible study, I go to care group, I've been there for two, three, four years, or half a dozen years, dozen years, whatever, 20 years. I get it, and I'm comfortable. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I've learned as much as I can learn, and I'm I'm still going. You know, I go periodically. I go, um, you know, some of my say, but, but it doesn't seem like the environment has a whole lot for me. But but you made a statement that that being there for other people and taking them on this journey of discipleship uh, leads to maturity. If you don't ever disciple someone, if you don't ever hand them the skills that you've been handed, you will lack a certain level of spiritual maturity. There's a reality to that. Uh, you show me someone who never serves within the church or within the community, uh, and serving in the way that you know that Christ would define. It's not. It's not just the fact that you go help out with a, a fun run or you know something along those lines. You know, paint the fence for the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Christ defines what service looks like. He washes the feet of his, his disciples. Those kinds of things. There's that selflessness. There's that the last becoming. Or the first becoming last kind of thing. If you don't serve within the church, um, you will probably lack a spiritual maturity. Mm. And if you don't teach others to serve and teach others and take other people on this discipleship journey, and, and I'm not talking about being a, a biblical scholar. You don't have to be a biblical scholar to do this. But it's passing the skills on, talk, teaching people how to pray, how to read their scriptures, how to um, tithe, how to experience their God relationally, um, all these different things, um, how, how to live you know, life according to the scriptures. I mean, what the was scriptures teach me about leadership and mm-hmm. about servanthood and parenting and sexual relations, all these kinds of things. Um, if we're not discipling people, we will lack a certain level of spiritual maturity. Yeah. I think it brings it back to the emotionally healthy spirituality stuff. Like, mm. And just how can you work on your past? Well, look at your shadow, look at... So, hmm. and so, uh, we have we have people that are starting to step up. Uh, I love the fact that Gordon and Scott are both taken have taken on their own care groups. Um, they're they're not just going to care group, but they're actually you know they've been part of care group for a season, and and now they're starting to lead those groups. Uh, Jen, you're taking ladies through the life transforming group, and you know 
that's how the kingdom moves forward is through discipleship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. Well, this has been a doozy of an episode. All sorts of good enough. All sorts of good good enough. I'm apparently I'm out of words. It's time to end this. So uh, all sorts of good stuff here. So let's uh, leave her at that. We'll be back next week with some sheep, a lot of wool involved. <laughs> Jacob being bad. <laughs> oh, that one deserved the laugh. <laughs> you got me with that. <clears throat> oh, oh my gosh, it I, just makes me want to play Catan, you guys. That's. I can ram sheep jokes home all day. Oh, good grief. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Have a good week. (laughs) We'll see you later. Peace. (laughs) You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes. So the only the only shortcoming is now your parents will be reminded of your story probably. And we need to tape off the stage so we know oh, how. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, you have the control. I don't know how to use the camera. I need a training on that. We have a side shot. You just change. That's the other thing. You can just switch to that side shot and be like, Rob, you can't escape me. Yeah. You were all the way, like, all the way off the screen, and I'm like, I don't know how to fix, get get back. That's because there's, all the stuff was in the way. Yeah. Like, there's no place for me to stand. So you just do the Did side you... shot. All Let's right. Go side shot. <laughs> it's not my favorite shot. I'm not going to lie. I try to only use it. Is it better than having him off the screen? I assume if I'm <laughs> off the screen. I'm Actually, don't shot. answer that. The side the shot with Rob off the screen might be the better shot come to think of it. <laughs> Hence why I went. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. (laughs) Zing. Zing.